Welcome to the Business Maestro with Kerry Wood, talking all things development, growth, team harmony, and getting the best for you out of your business. Every week, Kerry auditions industry leaders, business owners, and individuals who have increased the tempo on their business growth. For a direct line to Kerry, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook. Here's the thing. Kerry is straight up and straight down the middle. There may be some politically incorrect stuff coming your way. If you're into the no-bullshit type of learning, then this podcast is for you. Hey, welcome there on board again. This is Kerry Wood. We're doing uh, the Auckland Centre of Business Excellence podcast, and today's a spectacular day because we're interviewing today one of New Zealand, actually probably one of Australasia's top property wealth coaches, and he's been doing this for a while now, and um, so I'll get to introduce him in a minute, but what I want to talk to you about is right about now in the business community, there's some really big decisions to make about um, what you're going to invest in, what you're going to do, where you're going to go, and how you're going to get there. The bottom line is that we're in a, in a position at the moment where there's a little bit, just a little bit of uncertainty. Now, the uncertainty comes from fear, and the fear comes from because COVID-19 hit us very, very quickly. And interestingly enough, it's not gone away, but it's moved on quickly as well. So fear goes to uncertainty, and uncertainty goes to worry. So, you know, the bottom line is that, uh, you know, as a business owner, if, you, uh, if you're in doubt, there's a business rule, and the rule is simple. If you're in doubt, add energy. If you add energy, one of two things will happen. It will work or it will break. If it works, that's outstanding. Obviously, keep doing it. If it breaks, then the most important thing is that you think about, hell, why is it broken? And, and goodness gracious, what can we do differently? You know, the bottom line is that it is a time of change. And as a business owner, you just got to be into it. So it's with, with great pleasure that I introduce my guest to you today. Um, his name is uh, Jason, uh, Jason Tan. And Jason's been working with people on their wealth and on their uh, real estate portfolios and creating better futures for themselves for a number of years now. And in selecting a guest for today, what I was trying to do was provide a bit of a, a flexible approach to how you might think about your creation. Because if you're in business for the good of mankind, then you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. I mean, the bottom line is it's called a business. It's called showbiz, not show friends. And Jason's an expert in taking what you've got now and growing it into what you want it to be outside of, you know, your business or, or your normal realm because he creates wealth through property and through investment. Um, now, Jason's a part of the Renovations team. And I suppose, um, Jason, first of all, uh, Jason Tan, welcome on board. Great to be uh, conversing with you. So what's the weather like where you are and what have you done today that, you know, sort of brings you to this time of day on this podcast? Well, first of all, Kerry, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, the weather is absolutely stunning here in Auckland. I've, um, uh, I'm an early riser, so I've already uh, gotten up and um, I've embarked on this uh, crazy press-up challenge, which, uh, which I'm um, enjoying. And uh, I've done my gym workout after that, and I've already had my business meeting. So uh, here I am uh, now speaking with yourself. Isn't that, isn't just that the, the perfect Aucklander, right? Got up in the morning, <laughs> went to the gym, had the business meeting, the weather's fine. My friend, you must be the quintessential Aucklander. Anyway, hey, look, Jason, I've got, a, I've got three or four questions for you. And um, if you'll excuse me, as I ask them, I'm, I'm quite rude, so I'll probably interrupt and ask you other questions. But, you know, if you read stuff that uh, people like Brad Sugars, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, with Robert Kiyosaki write, they say that, you know, having a business, running a great business is outstanding and they give a lot of indications about how you should do it. But they all say, 
take your business, use that as the, as the machine, the cash flow machine to drive you into buying property, um, you know, because that's where, where real wealth can be created. So I'm just going to ask you, my friend, what do you think of that as a, as a start point or as a point of view? Yeah, look, I think that's a very interesting concept and it's one that I've personally um, adopted for myself. Um, I think the thing about being in business and being a business owner is that it comes down to you, your skill and your ability to um, to lead and to grow that business. And if it's something that you're good at, then ultimately what you're creating from that business is cash flow. And now with that cash flow, you've got a couple of options. Uh, do you leave it in the bank? And I think the smart, of, uh, the smart people know that that's not the best place to leave it, especially when you look at where interest rates are currently sitting. They're very, very low. So the return that you're getting is bugger all. Um, and a lot of the people that are in the wealth creation or understand the wealth creation um, game, you know, wholeheartedly believe that real estate is where you should be parking your money. Fundamentally, my belief with real estate is, is that there's a cycle in property and that cycle is that every seven to ten years uh, properties on average will double in value so what a great place to be able to to park your money and uh, and see your capital continuously grow that's all very well mate but at the moment there's a bit of uncertainty a bit of fear i don't know if you're aware we've just had a bit of a hiccup with a thing called COVID 19 you know in Auckland, did that, that you had that problem in Auckland too didn't you Wasn't yeah just, uh, <laughs> yes we did i'm just checking <laughs> Um, so, look, why now, Jason? I mean, at the moment, with all this uncertainty, surely a business owner is better to look, I've got, I've got the money, let's put the money in the bank and let's sit on it for 12 months because, you know, who the heck knows what's going to happen in three months, six months, 12 months? Why do it now? Why, take the, why dive in now? Look, I think that within uncertainty, there's always opportunity. And uh, if you think of a, a quote that Warren Buffett uh, is, uh, is famous for, it's about being bold while others are fearful. History is a great indicator of where things are heading. And if you trace back to history, what happens after every recession? There's always a recovery, which then leads into a new boom. Now, historically, in the property cycle, the recessions tend to start on the sevens of every decade. So think of 1987, 1997, 2007, 2017. And the booms, or the recoveries, should I say, tend to start on the twos, so 1992, 2002, 2012. So the next boom is 2022. Pre-COVID, the market was definitely heading in that trajectory. In fact, the market was probably a little bit early. I would put that down as a result of what happened in the previous cycle where the supply and the demand dynamics were out of kilter, uh, and we didn't build more properties to satisfy that demand. So as a result, what we had was fiscal intervention. The LVRs uh, were introduced and they continuously went up all the way up to 40% to try to slow the market down. Now, 40% seemed to have been the sweet spot. If it wasn't, it would have kept on going. But uh, as a result, it didn't actually solve the problem. It just made the finance part of trying to get finance a lot more difficult. And now that the LVR is starting to peg back and we've seen uh, over the last couple of weeks that uh, in fact, the announcement was that there is no more LVR, that you're going to see a lot more interest in the market, a lot more people looking to enter the market. And from speaking to the brokers that we work with and, and, and all the industry people, 
the level of interest in property is absolutely through the roof. You quoted a couple of dates there. The dates you quoted were uh, 2092, 2002 as, as sort of the, uh, the, uh, the, the up times. Can you prove that? Yeah, look, um, it's information which um, there's, there's, there's lots of statistics around um, and data that, that backs that up. Um, now, that's not true for all markets. I mean, when, you, when you're looking at a property boom, it depends which market you're looking at. I mean, the Auckland market is quite different from the Wellington market to the Christchurch market. But looking at the Barfoot and sales uh, statistics, and Barfoot and Thompson are the, the leading real estate agency hub here in Auckland. They represent probably, I would say, around 70% of central Auckland listings, which is, which is the space that I operate in. You can see how the worm navigates. So look, I'm happy for any of the listeners, if they want a copy of that, I'm happy to share that with them. But that just shows how property has performed in the central Auckland market. And you'll see that it's, it's always, it always has been on time. Okay. Actually, I'll tell you what, I might get a copy of that off you, off you if it's okay and post it on my, my Facebook group, but we'll go. Sure. Okay, so you just dropped in a really interesting um, thing. You said the market that you operate in is Auckland. Yes. Jason, without putting too fine a point on it, there's really good property growth in Taronga, uh, you know, Pegasus, which is out of Christchurch. Um, in fact, you know, and it's a bloody side easier to get into a property in, in Hawke's Bay or, or, or somewhere than in Auckland. So, you know, you're saying buy now, great, good justification. Why Auckland? You know, I mean, surely surely it's cheaper to buy a property in Gisborne or Hawke's Bay or Tauranga than, than Auckland. Absolutely. I mean, the thing with property investing is that there's so many strategies and so many options where people can put their money. For me, one of the, one of the indicators of... Um, where I should be investing is population. And if you look at the Auckland population, we're somewhere around the 1.6 million. From a, I guess, a demand point of view, like uh, with, with new immigrants coming in or, or also internal migration, Auckland is the job center of the country. Regardless of what people in Christchurch or Wellington think of Aucklanders, this is where the jobs are. So if you're a new immigrant, for instance, coming to New Zealand, looking to settle down, you tend to fly into Auckland because that's the biggest city. Where you roost your nest is, is, is typically central Auckland because the first thing you're trying to do is you're trying to get yourself a job and, and get familiar with the city before you then decide, okay, well, do I move north, south, east, or west? So Auckland is the mecca for all uh, the economic action. Now, put that into context. When you look at the second biggest city in New Zealand, that's Wellington. And do you know what Wellington's population is? Uh 430,000, something like that, I think, isn't it? Yeah, they've just ticked over half a million, so they have grown. You know, the, the scary statistic is that Auckland, on its current trajectory, is forecast to get to 2 million people by 2025. Holy. Now, what that means then is that if we have a housing shortage now, which has been reported by uh, many economists and also the banks and um, the housing ministry, where are all these people going to live? Because if nobody's building the houses that we need, then that's going to put significant demand on the current properties that we have in Auckland. And we know that from being smart business owners is that when you have a excess demand and short supply, that that puts a lot of pressure on prices. So I think that you're going to see a significant boom in Auckland, maybe even bigger than what we've seen previous years because of the shortage. Oh, mate, the bloody lefties won't like that, a bigger housing boom. 
uh, yeah, that won't go down well with the trendy lefties. They'll be, they'll be coming in saying capital gains tax and move the bright line tax and, and lift the interest rates and do all different stuff with LBRs. They won't like that at all. But I suppose, actually, I suppose what you're saying is true. It's all about supply and demand. If you've got population growth and you don't have demand, then it's just a case of, yeah, supply and demand. Okay, fair enough. Hey, um, uh, something we, we, we glossed over in, in earlier on, just a little side issue. What, what the hell do you think is going to happen with bloody interest rates? I mean, if we talk, if I talk one of my clients, a business owner, into borrowing money to buy a house, currently uh, the five-year rate for BNZ is uh, 2.99. Four-year rate for uh, ASB is um, 2.85. I know this because I've just got that through the mail yesterday. Do you think they're going to be at 3 4 5% next year, the year after, or, or what do you think? My personal opinion is that uh, interest rates are going to remain low. In fact, uh, I'm picking that we should probably and most likely see interest rates maybe in the sub 2%. Now, the reason why is that uh, if you look at previous economic cycles, economists and, uh, and so-called experts, they'll debate whether we're in a recovery or a recession or a boom. The thing about COVID is that there's no ifs or buts. Everyone knows that, look, the, the economy is going to take a bit of a hit and we're in a bit of a rebuilding phase. And from speaking to to a lot of business owners and speaking to a lot of people in the industry, the mindset is significantly different. Everyone's out there to try to look at solutions to to, to improve their business to, uh, you know, the word, one of the buzzwords that we've been hearing over the last couple of months is the word pivot. And that's what people are doing. People are trying to embrace a better way, a new way of doing things. When you have an economy that's in a recovery period or a recession period, you know, the, the government policy is around stimulating spending. Now, if you put interest rates up, that's not going to stimulate spending. So that's why I believe that the interest rates are going to go lower than what they are. You've also got to just uh, have a little look across the ditch and have a look what Australia is doing and, and other countries. And the general trend there is that they're also coming down. So New Zealand, little old New Zealand is not going to buck the trend and suddenly change tact and go up. So I think that for the next two to three years, we're going to be in a very, very low interest rate environment. Okay, so you've just backed yourself into a corner, which is really great. Thanks for that, Mr. Tan. So interest rates are really cheap. My clients and the business owning community can get really cheap interest and they can really, really, you know, look at what they're investing in. So why don't we invest in shares? I mean, there's a far better return in shares if you pick the right shares. Why don't we invest in gold? I mean, seriously, that's, you know, gold is always going up in value. Why don't we actually, what's that other one called? Uh, Bitcoin. Why don't we? Why don't we invest in Bitcoin? I mean, you know, if, if, if interest rates are this low and they're going to go lower, why not invest in something you can hold in your hand—a bar of gold, or you know, Fletchers are falling in through the roof at the moment, but they're going to come back. And by the way, I'm not recommending Fletchers. Just be very clear on that. But you know, technology companies with Zoom and all that. So now that you've backed yourself into a corner, Mr. Tan, why should we bother with all the maintenance and all the trouble that is real estate? Yeah, look, I think there's there's lots of options of where you can invest and where you can park your money. The thing that makes real estate so accessible and so popular for people is that it's easy for people to understand. Like if you're investing in the share market, you've got to be in the share market and it's something that you need to be looking at every single day. You need to understand what's happening in the movements of the share market in order for you to make money, you know, sell when it's high, buy when it's low. Commodities is another great example as well. Commodities, yes, 
I think is a is an investment option. However, the problem with commodities is that it's not a leverageable investment. You can't go to the bank and say, hey, I want to buy a house and I've got a, uh, $2 million worth of gold. Can you lend me some money? So in any form of wealth creation, it's important to diversify. For myself personally, I choose property as my vehicle because I understand it. I'm good at it. And the other thing that I like about property is that it satisfies a basic human need. Um, like food, humans need property. We need a place of shelter. We need warmth. You need to tell my sons that, mate. Then maybe they'll move out <laughs> instead of staying here. That's okay, though. You carry on. So in that respect, the beauty of property is that it's a leverageable asset. You know, the banks aren't silly. What other investment can you get involved in where you're only asked to put in 20% of your actual own money and they will lend you the rest? You know, that's telling you something that the banks believe in real estate. They've believed in real estate for decades and centuries now. And that's the beauty of it is that you can buy a piece of real estate. Now, let's say you go and buy yourself a million dollar property. Your actual cash investment into that or equity investment is only 20%, so $200,000. Now, if you hold on to that property in 10 years time, that should be worth two million dollars but you yet your initial investment is still cemented back in history at two hundred thousand which means that you've made a capital gain of approximately 1.8 million you can't do that with shares you can't do that with gold they will go a capital gain down. of one million because you still got to pay back the eight hundred thousand yes yes that's true yep. that's true so um, what's going to happen when when COVID jucinda uh, puts in capital gains tax, Mr. Mr. Tan. Is that going to happen? I think it's proven uh, that New Zealanders don't want a capital gains tax. I mean, she tried that, what is it now, a year and a half ago, whatever it was, and she saw that it, how unpopular that it was. Who's to know what's going to happen in this post-COVID environment that we find ourselves in? Because let's face it, the government's gone on a bit of a spending spree, but it's that hot potato. My crystal ball tells me that uh, anyone that, brings uh, capital gains or raises the issue of capital gains tax. It's going to be a very, very hard fought battle to try and get across the line. But hey, at the same time, it's very unpredictable times. So yeah. Just to some feedback on, in, 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 in what I think the business world is, you can't do anything about tax. And what will happen in my opinion, and I don't, you know, like you, I don't have a, I only have my crystal ball, which I polish every morning. If the government does bring in capital gains tax, all that will do will be accelerate the value of, ta of, of property because the bottom line is that the investor market and the commercial market will realise that as a cost to the property and what will happen will be it will increase the, uh, the rate of change and it will also improve, it will increase rentals, uh, you know, the rental market because, uh, you know, investors, can, that's just my opinion and that's, that's what, what I think has happened in other places in the world where they've brought in a capital gains tax. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we can look at Australia where they've got a capital gains tax and they've got a stamp duty as well. Yeah. You know, and, and what has that done to, to dampen uh, property growth? It hasn't. Uh, and in so, effect, we have, how long, there's a thing called the Brightline test at the moment, isn't there? What's that, two years, five years or something? What's that? Yeah, so the Brightline test, so originally when it came in, it was a two-year uh, period, which has now been extended to five years. Yep. So that definitely has an impact if your strategy is around buying and selling. But for me, I'm a long-term buy and hold investor. So... It, it doesn't bother me. Okay. Yeah, I, personally, I, I, it's quite funny when you have a discussion with any business owner about tax. Uh, if, they, if they say, I'm paying too much tax, I always have the first day and go, well, 
you must be making profit to pay tax. So that's a good thing. You can minimise tax, and the you know, and you should look to not not avoid or evade, but to minimise what you can. And if capital gains tax is a fact of life, then the market will decide the effects that that has on it, whether it's residential property, commercial property, or whatever. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. The last question I have for you, Jason, is, and you you, you know you, you did mention it very briefly about buying here. What about buying like a, I've got a, a mate trumpet player who, who owns a house out at Pukekohe, uh, which is way down south. I mean, you, you're you're just because you play tennis and go to the gym, you sense. What about you know in Pukekohe and uh, you know um, up north, north of Aotearoa? You know what about those areas? Because I mean, Auckland's big, and you know that's where that's where the big subdivisions are going, and Hobsonville Point and Funuapai. What about those? I mean, how, what do you think of that as an idea? You know, townhouses out there or houses out there? Yeah, those greenfield areas, uh, they tend to be a little bit more speculative in terms of, you know, am I going to make money or not? And, and the reason being is that what they have out there is land. And it's it's location that makes a property valuable. I mean, we we know that if you have a property in the middle of Grey Lynn, that what you're paying there or the value of that is predominantly tied up in land value. Now, the further out that you go from, out of Auckland, whether it be south or, or, or west, what they have out there is they have land. And that's why a lot of the developments are going out there because they can continue to build. Now, the problem is that if you go and buy yourself a property out there, the value of that property is never going to be more than what they can buy a brand new one for maybe in the next street along where they're building a new one. So what you don't have is you don't have supply and demand economics coming into play because they can continuously build. So it's not until those areas are completely built out that you now have supply and demand. So I'm not saying that you can't make money out there. I'm just saying that it's going to be a much longer term because as long as they can continue to build, then your value is only going to get to a certain point. And that point is what they can build a brand new one for and sell it for. Oh, that's good news because the wife wants to move to Hobsonville Point and I'm uh, I'm fighting the good fight at the moment to not go there. Okay, that's great, mate. Just last thing about uh, if we buy in Central City, what about what about apartments and that sort of carry on? And you know, I mean, if you go into you know, for uh, there's all these people selling off the plans and all that low deposit, will that work? Yeah, look on on the on the on the face of it, it seems very attractive, especially if you're a a novice investor, where you know, buying brand new has a certain attraction to it. Uh, developers are really, really good at uh, marketing these types of properties because they'll pitch it as, hey, look, it's brand new, uh, low maintenance. Uh, they'll, they'll talk about the yields and, and all the amenities and so forth. But fundamentally, if you understand the value in property, the value is always in the land. And when you're buying an apartment, what you're buying predominantly is you're buying building. And a lot of the business owners that are listening today, they'll understand that you know, assets like that are depreciable. So building is a depreciating asset. The analogy that I use when I explain this to, to, to people that ask me the same question is I talk about it in the respect that if you're going to go and buy yourself a car, you know that if you go and buy yourself a brand new car, as soon as you've driven it off the lot, it's already fallen in value. But the same thing happens when you're buying apartments. Over the course of time, what also happens with apartments as well is that things need maintenance. So whilst you have a, a body corporate that takes care of repairs and maintenance and, and so forth, you'll find that over time that that body corporate continues to increase and increase and increase. So in that respect, if anyone's looking at getting into investments, I would recommend that they do look at other types of properties as opposed to brand new. So Jason, look, we've only got a few more minutes and thanks for your time. I, I, you've probably got to go to a spa or get a cappuccino <laughs> at Ponsonobli or something like that, you know, being an Aucklander. <laughs> What are the first steps? You've got a business owner, unsure, doesn't know anything about it. 
you know, what should, what should he do? Uh, how should he, I mean, information, where does he find out? Because, you know, my clients, business owners, they're not thick, they're not dumb. How do they yes. find out where to go, what to do? Just some first steps. Yeah, look, the important thing I, I believe in property is that you've got to get with the right people. Um, you've got to build a team around you and you've got to be with people that are doing what you want to do. Uh, everyone's got an opinion on property and unfortunately the media knows that when they put an article out there in the, in the, in the public space that people, uh, people will be attracted. You, know, you often hear the term clickbaiting. So a lot of the articles that people read about property are quite conflicting. And you know, a lot of the people that I speak to that are looking at getting into property, by the time they come and speak to me, they, they, they don't know what to do. You know, they're completely fearful. And as a result, when you're fearful, uh, you tend to do nothing. So I would suggest that you get with the right people. You get with people that are currently active in the market, that are building large portfolios, that, um, that understand and, and play in the market every single day. Uh, limit yourself to, to what you read in the media or when you do read it, try to read through, read through what the reporter is actually trying to do and, and get to the facts. And the other thing that I'd recommend to business owners, I've met a lot of business owners that are aspiring to get into property, is pay your taxes, okay? Because property investment relies on your ability to go to the bank or go to the broker and say, hey, look, this is me. My business is generating good income. I would like to buy a property, lend me some money. Now, if you're not paying any tax, then on paper, you're not showing the bank that you're a profitable enterprise. So you need to be able to do that as business. And that's my biggest tip to business owners is, is make sure that you look good financially. Mate, that's, that's a way to finish a podcast. Hey, tell a business owner to pay tax. That's, that's a really, really good way to finish. Hi, my name's Jason, pay tax. No, no. Okay, look, just, just to go through it. So you're saying now is the right time because we have demand, we have low interest rates, and, and particularly in Auckland, it's the time to have a look at it, yeah? Yes. And get alongside people who know. So either get alongside yourself or a coach or, or, or a mentor, just have a discussion about that, um, you know, to, so you know what you can do. Yes. Get alongside your financial institutions so, you know, to see what, what is available to you because, you know, they'll give you a checklist. And, and, and like now, the next 12 months is the time to do this because according to you, in the next two or three years, we're going to have a boom again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, one of my biggest tips to people is if you're thinking about property investment or you're thinking about buying a home, take action. Um, too many people think about it and they think that uh, they wonder whether now is a good time or in six months is a better time or even 12 months is that a better time. People have this fantasy that they can pick the market. You can't pick the market. You can understand where we are in a property cycle, but what you've got to have is you've got to have the right tools and strategy to be able to buy at the time that you're able to buy. I'll, I'll leave you with a story, uh, Jason, uh, and, uh, and it's a real estate story, a client of ours, a client of mine, uh, a very good young man. Um, all he wanted to do when we started working with him was buy a house. In actual fact, what he wanted us to do was prepare his business for sale, let us get the process in place, get the accounts in order, and I said, well, actually, the first thing we should do is go to the bank and try and borrow some money. And he was adamant. He, he had about 18, actually, did he have 18,000 in the bank, which was, not, you know, would buy him a, a house in, in a um, gore, possibly. <laughs> anyway, we went to the bank, and it was a really interesting meeting. The, the bank, uh, I won't say which bank it was, ASB, um, they, the guy was quite cutting, but he did a really interesting thing. That this, this mortgage guy at the bank, he actually gave us a list 
of stuff we had to do. He said, well, you've got to have this deposit. Your accounts have to look like this. You've got to be earning this amount of money. You've got to have this as income from his wife was working. And, and, and when we left, uh, the client was quite despondent. And I stood in front of him in, in, the, in the main street and I held up a piece of paper and I went, no, 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 my friend. What we've got here is a bloody shopping list. All we have to do is tick this off. And even though it'll take forever to get that much money as a deposit, la, 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 la. Right, so anyway, here's the, the end of the story is six months and two weeks later to the day, six months and two weeks later, I was a guest at their housewarming. Um, um, where they bought a house uh, in Auckland and, you know, yeah, yeah, we did, I'm going to say, flexibly arrange the finance, <laughs> you know. Uh, look, yeah. we, went to the, we went to Bod, Bank of Dad, and we got yeah. a, a little bit of a loan off Dad, and we did this, and we put it together. We went back to the same guy at the bank, and I actually had the bit of paper with the, with the list on it. And, bang, bang. and the, you know, so in actual fact, by the way, by then their, their uh, what do you call it, their criteria changed a little bit, and we got the money. So, yeah, I, I agree. Look, mate, thank you so, so much for your time. Jason, um, have you got an email address of people or, or some way that people can get hold of you if, if they, you know, if they, if they warmed to what you're saying and maybe want some more information? What's the best way to, to touch base with yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Look, my email is jason at renovations, which is R-O-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-Z dot com. Or happy to take a phone call on my mobile, 021-410-150. That's outstanding. Thanks so much, Jason. Yeah, listen, guys, the bottom line is that life is not a dress rehearsal. And you're only going to get one shot at the next two or three years. So the place to have it, according to our property and wealth coaches in property, think about it. Speak to Jason. Speak to your professionals. Get some information. Read some books. Look online. Learn. But the bottom line is we don't want to be in in three in a thousand days. You don't want to be where you are today. You want to be going forward. You want to be booking that holiday. So this is Kerry Wood from the Auckland Centre of Business Excellence, the business maestro. Can't wait to meet you in person. Check out the podcast. Check out our website. And we'll talk to you really, really soon. Bless. If you took something away from this podcast or if you know someone that is on their business journey who will find this really valuable, Be sure to share this wealth of knowledge with them. And don't forget to subscribe however you're listening to this. And if you're a business owner who needs a bit of oomph, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook and continue today's conversation. 